we got we were in the back room back there getting ready to come out and the discussion was there were several people who were thanking me for putting up with the church for so long <laughs> debbie said it's really a dirty work isn't it <laughs> but uh, this is a loving family and i agree with larry we're very blessed and fortunate to be together god is good to us and uh, i am closer to my family here than I, much of my biological family god is so so good to us and i'm just very very pleased we're looking at the book of colossians uh and i know that i am probably wearing you out because i'm moving so slowly through the book uh it's a lot in here and it's really good I want to open in prayer uh, and ask the Lord's blessing on this time and for his uh, patience and mercy with me as well as with us. Father, we do come the words of the song ringing my mind of your holiness twice in scripture. You are three times mentioned or you're mentioned three times that you're holy, holy, holy mentioned in revelation and isaiah and uh, we are reminded that that is one of many attributes but that is the attribute that is exalted to that level and it is your holiness that makes you fearful because we are not and our sin and our self-centeredness and our arrogance and our pride and our greed are the things that come between us and they will separate us forever if they're not dealt with so often we come into church and think of the fellowship as just a group of people who happen to believe something and have that in common but there is really a sense in which you have helped us realize and to see the greatness of our sin and the seriousness of it and that you have undertaken to take care of that problem and we are very very thankful you are as i was thinking earlier listening to john MacArthur. actually you are the one who delivers us that's what romans says paul says he was not ashamed or embarrassed for the gospel because it is the power of god unto salvation or the word is the same word for deliverance for deliverance and you have undertaken to, to take care of that problem for us that we will come and trust you it's the greatest problem there is it is the thing that separates us from you and it will do it forever if it isn't dealt with and so we come this this morning and ask that you would just open our hearts and minds and the word i pray that um when I stand up here and look at the scriptures, sometimes my mind is thinking of other things and, and I need to discipline my thoughts and I ask you to oversee that. You are so good and so merciful to put up with me and I'm very thankful that you do and I'm very thankful that um, though there is nothing worthy in me and there's nothing really useful in me, you've made it clear that in the scriptures that our wisdom there's nothing to you and uh, that you can you can take the foolish things of the world and use them and exalt them to confound the wise and so we just come this morning 
and ask that you would show yourself to us, help us to understand the truth. That the Lord Jesus Christ would be paramount in our study, in our focus, in our attention, in our worship, uh, in the outcome of our study this morning. Pray for this church, pray for the leadership of this church, and pray for your, your patience and your direction and your guidance this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're looking, we've been looking at the subject of uh, Paul dealing with salvation down in verse 9 and 10 of chapter 2. To kind of get a running start, I've done it the last two weeks and we'll do it one more time to go through back at the beginning of chapter 2. Because these are all things that come in context. And I've been, I've been thinking a lot about the word and about the scripture and about the context. And thinking about the fact that God's word, God's truth, is is the truth that exalts the Lord and magnifies Him. And uh, if His word is not taught, then He is not really exalted. He's not magnified as as He is worthy of and should be. If it is taught, then He will be exalted, and we will be changed. Our hearts will be touched. And so we want that to happen. So I'm I'm going to. Back up to chapter 2, verse 1, a few verses in the back, and, and start reading from that passage there. Paul is, is in the, this letter, he's writing from prison. He's writing to um, the church, Colossians by, Colossians by name, but there also there's another church there to see and, and other groups in there that this letter will be read to and shared with. And his burden is for these people who are believers. He has a love for the church, something that I've asked the Lord to give me because I love myself. And I don't just naturally love you. That was what Debbie was talking in the back just this morning. He's saying, you know, it's, it's uh, David used to tell me, he said, Pastor, you don't get the tears you block. And, uh, and that's true. You, you, the Lord puts us together the way he wants us to, put, to be together. But uh, working with people can be stressful and difficult but when you love the people and you care for the people, it's a different situation. And uh, it's it's. Uh, I'm thinking of Gerald out there. You know, you you love the man. You want to see him come to know the Lord. And it's really important that we pray for him. And really important to go out. And he's not a believer. He's not a member of the church. But he's somebody that Christ loves. And uh, just need to, to to pray about him uh, out there. And just pray that infinite, merciful, gracious, loving God. We'll use our efforts and our prayers to touch his heart and turn him around before it's too late. <clears throat> that can be said with a lot of people. I have two sisters up in Boone that are in that same condition. I love them very much. And we, when I go up there, we talk about the Lord all the time. But it's uh, kind of a superficial thing. It isn't a real deep communication of one heart to another of the love that we have for the Savior. And uh, yet they, they I gave my sister a MacArthur Study Bible. And I, I don't know if she reads it every day, but I gave it to her, told her she ought to do it. I have two sisters up there together. They take turns bossing each other around. And <laughs> they're really sweet. We go over there, and it, I will, I'll sit down in the living room, and I'll, it will be, we'll be three hours nonstop talking without even realizing it, just because we remember the things we used to do and the fights that we used to get into or whatever, things that happened with my 
I used to tease my dad about things. Some, he used to do a bit of drinking, and he was he was scared, definitely scared of spiders. And I used to take the rubber band. This has nothing to do with the message, but take the rubber band, about four or five rubber bands that have real loose little, cut them in half, put a little string around it, so if you dang, it looks like a spider. And I get this, <laughs> get this uh, long, sort smooth sewing thread on. We had a living room, and that would be in the living room. There was a a hallway and a, a dining room on one side and the kitchen on the other. And I go to the dining room and just unroll this spider in this thread <laughs> and then just come walking through the room in front of Dad as he was watching TV and that little spider would be bouncing along. And he'd sit oh my goodness! And he'd get all upset and stuff. I don't know why I did that, but it was fun. And that's the same nature coming out. But you know what? God is good to us. He's merciful and his family's important and I do pray for them and I do want them to, to really come to know the Lord, and I'm sure that they would like for me to do the same. So as we look this morning at the, at the text, I'm thinking of the church and reading the, the text to you, I'm thinking of Paul's love for the church there and for the, for the believers and for his heart for those believers. Only God can do that. That's one of my prayers, honestly, before you, that the Lord will give me a real burden and a real love for the people. Uh, my son jumps on there all the time because when I, we finish here, I, I come out and we go on and do other stuff. Somebody, people talk about that. They say, when you die, you're going to be gone before you have a funeral. I'm not trying to leave. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I don't know why I do that, but it's, they usually, I'm thinking of what I got to do there. I got to like go to eat or get ready to study. And I, but anyway, people are important. Christ loves people and he died uh, to provide uh, for us what could not be provided for ourselves. <clears throat> and uh, it's really, really, really important. He's writing to those people, and he says there at the very beginning of verse 1, that I want you to understand the great struggle or agony that I have on your behalf, and for those that lay us here, and for all of those who have not seen my face in the flesh. We already talked about that. He's burdened with these people. Why is he burdened? He's never even seen them. And yet he's burdened for them. He's got a real burden for them. And he's writing them. And yes, Epaphras has given him information. And he, he's connected with them in that sense. Uh, but that's that's the work of the Spirit of God. That he has to do that. He gives us that kind of burden and that kind of passion for people. Uh, and, and I think it's really important. I think I've shared with you, uh, my friend Roger Wynott used to talk about. He said, mentioned this. I'll never forget it. It hit me like a slap in the face when he told me. So whenever you get on the airline and sit down. Whoever sits down beside me, I always share the gospel with them, or at least talk about the Lord if they'll talk. The first thing, he said, because I've had several instances where we've sat down and then they've got up to move, or I've had to get up and move and not see those people anymore, and I miss the opportunity. And uh, that's a good thing. That's a good heart. God gives you that kind of heart. That's not something that that I'm going to be standing behind you and saying, oh, did you witness that people? And No, that's the Lord doing that. And you're doing it because you have a a burden for people. You care for people. And so here's Paul, and in this letter he's struggling. He has this struggle, his agony. Uh, and I guess maybe a lot of the agony, a lot of the burden <clears throat> is is it's kind of stressful because when you care for somebody like he wrote of in Corinthians that he was among the, the sufferings that he had was a concern for all the churches. Uh, and that kind of steps on my toes a little bit because it's easy for me to be involved in my little world and not 
be concerned. Do you see what I'm saying? For things, other people and the things that matter. So this is a value to reading the scripture and a value to having Holy Spirit working in your heart and having a, and a value of knowing Jesus and spending time with him so that he can infuse his passion and his love and his concern for people into your heart and use you and work through you. But you, he doesn't do that unless you're spending time with him. He doesn't do that unless you're involved with him. So it's important to put yourself in that area. Fall right into the church. He's concerned for the church. He says he wants their hearts <coughs> to be concerned, uh, concerned or encouraged, having been knit together in love. That phrase, being knit together in love, talking about the church, is talking about the bond. What we've been talking about is the church are individuals, but we're not just individuals that are, that are scattered and everybody's sitting here looking out the window. We're individuals part of a family, and our hearts have been, you understand what I'm saying? Been okay. tied together, uh, bonded together, and we really are a family. We really are, we are small, yes, it doesn't matter. It's still a family. We still love each other. There is that concern. There is that um, mutual um, involvement with each other and the exchange of communication. The Bible talks about encouraging one another, and uh, especially in difficult times. And so we want to do that. And probably, beloved, and I don't know this, I'm not a prophet like that, they will tell the future, but I think probably we'll be seeing more and more of a need for mutual encouragement as the days get darker and darker. Now, I don't know that for sure, but we do know in Revelation, the scriptures, the Revelation of scripture, that times will become more difficult. And it looks like that they are, we can see the stage being set, there's a lot more hostility toward uh, the, the, the church and uh, Maybe the reason the hostility is not any more vicious against the church is because a lot of the church is sort of preoccupied with little things rather than with God's glory and proclamation of the word. But if you proclaim the word, if you make the gospel the issue, the world's not going to like it. That's absolutely a fact. And that's, that will, we, we were talking about, and Erica was is, is really leading us in, in the area of Fox's martyrs and being concerned for the martyrs. Um, I think of Richard Wombrand. Said one time, he said, uh, I know you guys are concerned for us being persecuted and you're praying for us. Don't pray for us. Pray for yourself. Because it's the church that's not being persecuted that's weak and that's easily um, sidetracked. Said so that those that are persecuted are being persecuted because they're doing the job. They're, what, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing <clears throat> and they're getting the reaction. And it's just a short life thing. Now, I'm not, I am not advocating that we stop persecuting praying for the, those that are being persecuted and stuff like that. But I have often told, said that uh, I would like my life to speak loud enough that there would be some opposition to it. Right now, there's not. It's just that everybody, we're good buddies and things are going on. And I don't, I don't want you to misunderstand. I'm not saying I don't have a martyr complex. But I, I, I just know that the, God, the Bible says, you know, in the world you're going to have pressure or tribulation. It's going to happen. If you're living like Jesus and talking like Jesus and saying the things Jesus said, the world's not going to like it. Just as simple as that. And so let's do that. Let's just really spend time with the Lord and spend time in his word and ask him to work with us. Here Paul is concerned with the church because he wants them to be encouraged. They have been knit together in love. Uh, he goes on to say, and I'm going to read this. It's a little bit of a confusing verse, but it says, even unto all the 
the wealth of the full assurance uh, of understanding unto the full knowledge of God's mystery. Now, he's, the big word there right at the beginning is uh, the word assurance or confidence. And he's, Paul is saying that um, you're held together even unto the wealth of full assurance or in the way he words it there, the assurance. You know what assurance is? Assurance is having a, a conviction that uh, you are belong to the Lord and you're his. It used to be said, I haven't heard it recently, but it used to be said that probably giving assurance to believers is the single most important thing you can do. I don't agree with that myself. And the reason 